All right, episode six of an idiot and expert podcast special edition, uh, recording on a Friday night. First, let me introduce our uh, co-host, as usual, Claudio Perfetto at cperfetto11 is his Twitter handle. Myself, I'm Calchojo. Um, my Twitter handle at calchojo5. And uh, our special guest, the reason why we're doing this whole show uh, not on a Wednesday, John Dostremski. Uh, WFANs. What else do you do? You do WFAN. You do SNY. Um, Some work over at MLB. I mean, the voice of the Wagner Seahawks. There were many titles. The voice of the gentlemen. Wagner Seahawks. I mean, listen, we can about six different titles out there. But I think most importantly, the audience, for anybody that's listening, my show, Late Night WFAN, Sports Radio New York. It's where you want to be. That's it. And uh, I wanted to, to point this out to you, that this is probably the uh, – smallest audience that you've played to in many, many years. I will say that. Are <laughs> we going back to sports night on WAR? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, 8 o'clock on I, a Saturday night? I actually think those show, those college shows that you did probably had more listeners to, than what's going to happen right well, now. Well, I think but. that's about to change. I think we're going <laughs> to bring right. a lot more listeners to the podcast. That's, we that's what we're trying in. to do. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the, reason, you know, the reason we're bringing in uh, JJ is because, you know, we want to bring in that outside perspective. He's going to learn a little bit. We're going to learn a little bit. I'm going to learn a lot. I mean, (laughs) come on now. I'm going to learn a lot. This is your first soccer podcast that you've ever been on, No doubt. So this is like a learning experience for me. This is a little bit of a tutorial for me. Exactly. So this is not exactly your your prototypical soccer podcast because we understand that soccer is very prevalent throughout Europe and South America, not so much in North America, but it's starting to grow. Um, So the brainchild of this podcast was... Well, who is the LeBron James of soccer? Who is the Michael Jordan of soccer? Let's start making those American comparisons because we always compare NBA, NFL, MLB. Now's the opportunity to start comparing the American sports with soccer. Uh, So that's pretty much where this idea came from. We have our idiot, which is myself. We have our expert, who's Claudio. (laughs) Expert in quotes. So so we'll we'll start off with this. um, And I think it's one of the main reasons we brought JJ in here. Um, the two different styles of youth development between Europe and uh, the American sports. Obviously, in the American sports, depending on the league, they have different drafts and whatnot. But most uh, most of the time, they have either a minor league system or they have college sports. Uh, in soccer, they have youth development teams. Right. So... I'm going to let Claudio explain a little bit about what the youth development team is, and then we'll obviously get your perspective on what the NCAA does, your thoughts on that, and we'll compare and contrast, and we'll move forward from there. So basically, there's no college sports in soccer in Europe, South America. It's You get signed at nine years old. You go right into a professional team's youth system. They school you. They feed you. They you know train you. You play games on the weekends. And you kind of grow through the system. Survival of the fittest. Whoever makes it keeps going on. Whoever is not cut out gets cut. They go home or whatever, go to a different program if possible. And it just completely cuts out collegiate sports, any of that NCA, BS. You know, they just, um, you're basically a professional from 9, 10, 11 years old. So that's and that's Now how it works. We, we know from the news recently. Um, there's obviously the outcry in the NBA about the, the one-and-done uh, and NCAA basketball. Yep. Um, we know that the NFL, you have to be at least a junior to declare. Um, 
junior or sophomore. I think junior. I think it's a certain age. Yeah, it's a certain age. It's like Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we know that that those systems exist. Um, John, do you ever think that a system like that could work in the American sports system? I just think it's very, very complicated. I mean, you think about it. We have so much competition now trying to get the best AAU player, right? Trying to get the best quarterback prospect. Trying to get the best pitcher. Can you imagine what the American society in sports would be where it is a lot more chaotic and the chivalry, let's be honest, yeah. is not what you're going to find well, overseas? I mean, I think that would be – that could be catastrophic. I also think you have to look – and when it comes to the NCAA, um, it comes down to dollar and cents, of right? Of course. Right. Uh, how big is this NCAA tournament that's going on right now? Billions of dollars. How big is the college football playoff? Billions that, of dollars. That, that, you know – that's not going to go away lightly, um, but there are obvious benefits to the youth development system, and I think we, we talked about yeah. it in previous weeks. Well, also, one thing especially is you mentioned AAU. So basically, AAU, they're trying to put together the best teams possible. These youth systems, they're not trying to put together great teams. They're trying to get great individuals and develop the individual. It's all focused on that. They practice a lot more than they play. It's all about development. It's not about putting together you know, great teams at a young age. And, um, but see, now the, the problem is when you talk about soccer, how is America going to ever compete with the rest of the world when that's the model in the rest of the world and America, you know, doesn't yeah, and they're so that behind model. the eight ball. And listen, yeah. I'm not saying that there's not, you know, developmental programs for soccer. I mean, listen, not that I'm the expert on the matter, but you know the kids are playing when they're eight, they're nine years old, give or take, but they're playing on travel teams, they're playing this. Exactly. It's not even to the level of development where what these kids are practicing five days a week six days a week I, I think from like nine to 12 years old it's three days a week with the game on the weekend once they get to 12 13 it's five days a week but think about the training i bet you the training the that they're getting coaches. i mean is just leaps no knock on the training you're getting here so that'd be way better and, right? and one of the knocks that that you get on the nba is that players when they make that when they were making that jump from from high school right to the nba the level of play was not at... They weren't ready. They were not ready. No. So something like, like Claudio is bringing up that with the, the European soccer system, you know, that could prepare the players a little bit more for professional careers. You, you won't have a situation where you have a Kwame Brown or, or uh, you know, someone else yeah. that, that pans out immediately because they're vetted during that youth development And stage. it also takes the corruption out of it. Because now if you can go and sign a kid at nine years old, you don't have to worry about a college kid playing for nothing, you know, an agent buying him a car or dinner or whatever. You know, now this kid's already professional. Well, you're starting to see it already. I mean, look at this kid who's going to commit to Syracuse. Top 10 recruit in the country bails on going to Syracuse because he's going to go play in the G League and make $30,000 a year. At least do that for a year and then go get drafted. Um, I think you may see more of that. But at the end of the day, there is that award that is that appeal for a lot of these guys to play in a certain school, right. yeah. to wear a certain uniform. Well, it's rooted in the culture. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I don't know how you eliminate that. So, so I ask both. Because you're just yeah. abolishing college sports, which I can never see. See, yeah. It's just too much. It. There's too much money in the universities have way too much invested. So let's, uh, let's end on this point. Um, what do you think is better for the athlete? I'm going to ask both of you that. And what do you think is better for the individual leagues? So let's go athlete first, JJ. Listen, I think for the athlete, it's about being nurtured. 
it's about, you know, growing day by day. And I could see, you know, a soccer player having great advantages of playing in this model when they're 8, 9, 10 years old. That said, I could also find you examples of guys who kind of want to find themselves, right? Where if you're in one of these developmental programs, let's be honest, the idea of you going and playing football and playing baseball and playing basketball, I mean, that's got to be tough, right? Yeah. And I know we have specialization here, there's no doubt. But, like, the idea of me, if I'm a top athlete, I kind of want to do it all. And I think that kind of hurts you in some aspects. So, listen, to me, the American system, I think it's fine until you reach about 17 or 18. It is the corruption and taking advantage and exploiting these athletes once they reach that stage where they're making these schools the big money. Yeah. And yet they're being taken advantage of. That's the problem. Do we, do we see a change in the NCAA in terms of the NBA and the NFL? Uh, with the requirements for the drafts? Well, I think it has soon. to change. I mean, listen, at this point, if you're 18 years old and you think you're capable of playing, go ahead. Right. But here's, the, here's what they should do. If you're going to commit to go to a college, none is one-and-done crap. you got to go at least two years, maybe even the NFL model where you got to stay three years because that way you're going to have a better quality of basketball in college, and you're also going to help your pro game because guys who maybe don't think that they're hmm. ready – you know, you'll get the LeBron type, okay? Yeah. You'll get the Coral Anthony Towns type who's ready to make that jump. And they can come into the league right away and they'll be okay. But for some of these guys, they know, you know, they need two or three years. I think it'll help both parties. I really don't. Claude, we defer to you. Yeah, so I agree that individually it's definitely better for the player to have that training from a young age by a professional coach who's being held accountable himself like these coaches get fired also even at the youth coaches get fired um, if they're not doing a good job but it does eliminate the option of playing different sports because you can't be training at you know a big soccer academy five days a week and then going and playing basketball or football. But that's because soccer is really the only sport that exists exists in those countries, so they're not worried about that kind of stuff. So because you know that right, like there are so many athletes. I mean, think about it. You guys grew up here. You guys played a lot of different sports, and obviously there comes a point in time when you're like 16 or 17 you have to make where a decision, yeah. if you're going to really get serious you got to focus on one of them right. but i mean you could find so many different examples of guys who were the top pitcher at their high school and then they're playing quarterback on the football yeah, team Wilson. like listen if i were that guy and listen i was never that athlete but like if you're giving me the chance all right i can be the quarterback of the football team then i could go be the point guard on the basketball team and then i could go start and play shortstop you're doing it. I want to have that experience to be able to do all three. Like, that would be important to me. But, right. again, to each his own. And yeah. there are plenty of kids in this country who do focus on the one sport. Right. Some have to. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, well, if you don't have the ability. It's interesting you bring up the, the country concept because, you know, we're looking at a baseball game right now. They have the international pool. They have these international youth academies. Um, and it's kind of unjust to the American baseball prospect no because doubt. they have to go into the draft. They get drafted, uh, whereas the international prospect has the cre- that they, they can make the choice of whatever team they want to play for, and their signing bonuses are much higher than what a, a draft prospect would have. So when we get to the MLB, you know that's kind of like an in between between what the soccer system is right. and and the other American system is, and it's. It's unfairly hurting the American prospect. Sure, but I think it's more desperation than anything else for a lot of these, you know, kids in Latin America. 
I mean, it is the idea of getting out of there. I mean, yeah. you're playing with a cardboard glove. You, your family has no money. Like, you owe the golden ticket to save that family. I mean, to take them to a place that they've never been before. So, you know, in this country, listen, I'm sure there are kids coming from underprivileged communities playing sports. There's no question about it. But it's not almost a means of survival like it yeah. is in some of these other places. Right, so it's kind of tough to, like, regulate. So yeah. they kind of have no choice. Yeah, you're being uprooted from your country. You have to move to another country and stuff. So, I mean, I guess I could see it there. But it's definitely the same opportunity should be available for the american athlete too you know in baseball so. all right well that's a good conversation and it'll continue to happen and i'm sure there'll be more developments uh as we move forward uh with the nba and the ncaa and everything like that um we're joined by wfan's john jastrzemski you can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Jastrzemski. Nailed it. Well done, There John. we go. The Sorry, I gave you the tongue twist today with the underscore. I mean, that could screw anybody <laughs> well, the, up, brother. The funny thing with the underscore, we are talking about it before, whoever at John Jastrzemski is, is just waiting for you to make it. Make a bid to them. Just, just yeah, I don't think it's worth it though, is it? I mean, I kind of <laughs> no, I, I got now. the John. I feel like anybody knows how to find my Twitter handle at this point. It's just crazy, you know. With a name like Jastrzemski, you would think it's Smith. You would think it's Jones. You know, I can understand a lot but of those you, being around. But Jastrzemski? coincidentally, coincidentally, John has the same name as the guy in the Patriots deflate. Yes, right. Is it him? Is he the one uh, no, with the Twitter it, handle? It is not. <laughs> it is not. I thought maybe it would be, but it's a guy who has like 12 Twitter followers. So, I mean, I think we could probably buy him out pretty quickly. Yeah. Did probably. you get a lot of texts during that whole deflate? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was terrible. I mean, how do you confuse? <laughs> I mean, good looking guy like me, that nerdy looking guy, come on. Come I on, it, it bothered me. All right, so we want to have some soccer talk with JJ now because, again, this is the first podcast. Um, he's ever first soccer podcast he's ever done. You could probably uh, share this with your friend Frank Isola, who's a big soccer. Oh, he's fan. into it. He's going to make fun of the lack of knowledge that I have here. <laughs> so that could be a little bit of fun. So, so I know Claudio wanted to know: Have you ever played soccer before? Very little. You, you Very little. Though. Did okay. not really like it. Um, now my two sisters played quite competitively. Okay. I had a sister who played at the college, played in the D three Final Four. Oh, nice. Um, I have another sister right now who is a junior in high school who plays on a bunch of you know select teams, travel teams. The soccer bug on the field just never got passed right. down to me. I, I, maybe it's because I don't sit here and watch it like we're watching a baseball game right now, and that's something I just always grew up with. I didn't grow up with the watching of soccer. So, I wonder if that played a role. Le- yeah, well, it definitely played a role because. Claudio grew up watching soccer and, and played uh, it, and played it, I mean, and yeah. obviously his his love for the sport has you know spread. Uh, I'm new to the sport; I find it really interesting. Sports are sports. Um, what's your knowledge base like? Now, will you watch the Champions League? Will you watch the World? Do you Cup? know what the Champions League? is? I know what the Champions okay. League is. There we go. Well, I do you, watch know it? From, do you know from betting betting purposes, or do um, you know from more? I'll be honest, and this comes from a guy who throws quite a few wagers down. I will get involved normally with the World Cup. Okay. It's just one of my things I like to do. Like, I was out in Vegas a couple of years for it. Loved it. Couldn't get enough. I'm yelling and screaming at some jerk who had the audacity. He's an American. Remember that game they tied? Yep. Right at the end, it was a draw. Yeah. He's celebrating because he bet the draw. I go, you are scum. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I go, honestly. I go, you're an American, and you're going to bet against our country? You're going to bet for them to draw a match? I mean, That's give me a break. It's, emba- it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. Um, I found out about this. I was not happy. But um, 
You know, I the, the Champions League, here's the problem. A lot of those games, aren't they on at like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning? Well, 2 in the afternoon. Noon. 2 or 3 yeah, in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, like, it's about the time you're waking up, right? Well, usually around the crack of noon. It's <laughs> not on at night, so yeah. it's hard to, to watch them. Man. And for me, you spend so much time, and you guys know this, watching baseball yeah. night, watching football, watching basketball. That like there are certain times where you wake up in the morning, you just you need a little bit of a break. No, hundred percent. But here's the thing: so as someone who watches the World Cup, yes, this year, do you not watch because the United States isn't in it? Does it affect you at all? Will you still watch it? My interest level will not be as high exactly. as it was. So that's why it hurts. Yeah. Um, but I will still keep tabs on it. I will want to know what's going on now. It's in Russia, right? It's in Russia. So I wonder how that's also going to hurt with the time of the games. It's like the Olympics, for goodness sakes. Yeah, the Olympics in Korea. I'm sorry. I had no interest in watching these games. And, like, you, and you, don't not, like, you don't like tape delay, obviously. Well, I can't stand tape delay. No, I can find out what happened on my phone. I want to watch it live. Now, that could work in my favor, considering my wacky hours. Yeah, that's because true. Because I'm going to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning doing radio shows, and it's live yeah. programming. So it's yeah. live. I can wager on it. It'll be. Uh, has there has there ever been a, has there ever been a soccer match that you ever watched that you got really into or something that you you made appointment television for you? I mean, yeah, I would say a couple of World Cups. I mean, yeah. the United States last time they were in it, I felt like I watched every single one of their games. Um, I'm trying to think what was the World Cup game that I got really into. It was when Italy won the World Cup. 2006. 2006. Okay. Uh, on 4th of now July? I was into that game. Now, did they play Germany? Play Germany. They played Germany. Yeah. Germany in the semis. In right? See, I remember wow. that. There you go. Now, this. let's see if I remember who they played in the final. Now, I'm not looking this up. You guys are my witness here. I have nothing to find. 100%. Yeah. Did they play Spain in the final? No. no they no. played France in the final. France in the final. Yeah. That was Sedan. Yeah. Yes. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I love him. Coaches, I couldn't stand him. He coaches Real Madrid now. Who's Well, he's a big star. I remember. He won a World Cup. He's the guy with the headbutt. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you, I probably can name about five soccer players. Right, well, one of them. You know, this, this is a nice little segue. I, I don't even think you realize you did that. Um, we have a segment now that we've created, and it's called Soccer Doppelgangers. Um, Do we have one for Didi Gregorius, by the way? Who just <laughs> hit a That's my man right there. <laughs> You know, no. Didi's Dutch. You know, Didi's Didi probably got a soccer background oh, a little bit. You know what? The, the NHL players, very big into, into soccer. Well, I'm not surprised. You have you the see, Russians. And you'll see them when they warm up before the game, they'll kick a soccer ball around. They'll all get in a circle. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. Did not know that. Like uh, Zabanajad and Zuccarello, all those Comes from the European society, man. players. Yeah. Um, so what we, we think we're going to rebrand it is soccer, soccer gangers. Soccer, soccer gangers. gangers. I like that. Did you just that. come up with that now? Okay. <laughs> My wife did. But see, uh, you guys are going to have to... Here's that. the problem, though. You guys are going to have to help me with this because, like, you tell me Tom Brady... I'm not gonna know no, the soccer. No, this equivalent. isn't for you. This isn't for you or I. This is for him. Ah, oh, okay. And, I'm then, on the spot. and then we'll talk about it as we move forward. Okay. So the first person on our list. You're gonna be really impressed with my pronunciations, by oh, the way. Oh, is that so? <laughs> You've been working on those. Yeah. So, so Tom Brady, um, obviously the future Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback of, of, of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Up until a few years ago, I would have argued with you, but. He definitely is probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, who would be the soccer equivalent of that club? I'm going with John Luigi Buffon, the okay. goalie for Juventus and Italy. You know who he is, JJ? I do not. You don't know Buffon. I all right. Sorry, that's that's the answer that's coming in. It's a very it's a very He was big on the two thousand six team that won the Don't World see Cup. the name's very very tough, but he so you would say he's the GOAT? Well, he's probably 
one of the best, if not the best goalie of all time. Okay. Longevity is his thing. He's 40, still playing at a top level, so very similar to Brady. Very important for his team, captain of his team. Um, and those pretty much they and all now match up. Now they're both similarly met in the the twilights of their career. Correct. Um, but their skill level is still at the top. At the top, which I, I think that's a nice. All right, so that's comparison. the comparison. Okay. Yeah, and I'll give you a question, JJ. Sure. Talking about Tom Brady, um, do the losses in the Super Bowls diminish his? No. The more I think about it, no, because here's the thing. You know Joe Montana. Would you rather? Super, but let me right? ask you guys. You know this Joe question. Montana. Never but would you Super. rather go to seven Super Bowls, right? Or eight, let's get it right, eight Super, Super Bowls, yeah. or just go to four and not, you know, lose? That's to me, I, that's what I like I'd rather that. go. I mean, we're gonna penalize somebody for going to the game, like last year, or a couple months ago, for that matter. Tom Brady threw for five hundred yards, yeah. a bunch of touchdowns. And could not have played a better football game. His yeah. team lost because his defense stunk. Yeah. So, like, I'm supposed to hold that against Tom Brady? I won't. Um, I do think if you had bad losses in which he didn't play well, you hold it against him. But if you think about the Brady Super Bowls, you know, he let his team down the field, yeah. scored a touchdown, and the David Tyree play happened. Yeah. Well, the following year, what if Wes Welker catches that ball? I mean, they were just, no, it goes both ways. Right. I mean, some of the games you could have won, some of the games you could have lost. But to get to eight Super Bowls, I mean, nobody has come close. Yeah, no. yeah. And I to mean, win most of them. Your your point, eight. Your yeah. point about him, he's always showed up in the big moments, and in every game, it's usually not his fault. The reason why they they lose a game, he's never had a Super Bowl where he threw for 150 yards and three interceptions. Um, let's move on. Let's uh, let's head to and this question. Uh, actually, one of our reviews, I think, asked for asked for this doppelganger. LeBron James. Who is the soccer equivalent of LeBron James? Lionel Messi. Okay. See, I know who that is. He knows yeah, that. Know that. There, there we go. go. Undisputed best player in the world. Um, he started out at a very young age like LeBron did and just kept getting stronger and stronger. Still at the top of his game and wins a lot of championships. So Yeah, well, I guess the Spanish League, right? But now... Well, he's won a few Champions Leagues. Oh, Champions Leagues as well, yeah, but he's yeah. never won a World Cup. Has right? not won a World he's Cup. He's never yeah. won a World Cup. Now, no. would you say that Messi, comparable to a Ronaldo, comparable to a Pele? Like, these oh, are names I know. Okay, so, I mean, Pele's going old school. Yeah, he's yeah. he's probably better than, than Pele. Okay. So, you ever hear of Maradona? Yes, I have. Okay, so now he's probably on par with Maradona now. Maradona's okay. another Argentine that... Was at the top, probably considered the best of all time, but his career was not as long as Messi's is. Messi is surpassing him in that respect. So he probably is the greatest at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't okay. think of anybody else really. All right, so be. let's stay with, stay with this format. Now we'll ask JJ Is LeBron James a Cavalier next year? Man, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question. Um, I'm going to say no, but I really don't know, quite frankly, where he's going. Like, a lot of people say Los Angeles. I don't know if Los Angeles is a given. Mm-hmm. What about Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Young, talented team. That could make a lot of sense. Um, what if he's going to team up with Greg Popovich? I just, everything that happens with him, it's so odd. Now the, now the coach hasn't been with the team for however Correct. many weeks or whatnot. It's always a subplot. There's always, always a story. And then he's fighting with the general manager before <laughs> the year. Yeah. 
I I just don't know. You know, it just seems like, and they say he's got problems with Gilbert. Um, so I just I don't know if that relationship will last in in Cleveland. I just always feel like it's on edge. He's right. always yelling at his teammates. You know? And remember, he can leave. That's the thing. Yeah, he's not in a position now where if he leaves Cleveland, he's public enemy number one because the people will say, "Guess what? He won. You brought us a championship. Yeah, right. you brought us back to relevancy." So, like, if LeBron leaves, listen, I'm sick of the drama, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's every it's, year. It's every it's year. The same it thing. But, yeah. but the problem is that J.R. Smith throwing super. That's what the NBA has turned into, though. The NBA, and people ask me all the time, what I like more, college or the NBA? It's not close. I enjoy the college game more. And I understand the skill is not as good. Yeah, I get that. Definitely not but as good. anything can happen. I sit down and watch right. a game. I know that I can expect the unexpected. I got Sister Gina Loyola Chicago playing in the Final Four. In the NBA, I know who's going. That that, that kind of ruins some but, of the enjoyment I, for I, me. I will tell you, tell you this, and just a little bit of a, a tip. I think that the drama... In this generation of social like. media, is making the sport more and more popular, and it's something that I've we that Claudio has pointed out to me. A lot of our listeners who are European, they love basketball. They love basketball. They're into it. It's a worldwide sport. Very and big. Basketball Italy, is Europe, now England. now clearly the second sport behind soccer when it comes to having a global sport. So the NBA has done a good job of growing their brand globally. Yes. And also, I think they're utilizing this new social media generation. They're great. I and mean, they with love, Instagram, they with love, Twitter, Snapchat, yeah. they're all over. But they for me, going drama. back to LeBron, I think it hurts his legacy, though, if he goes to a third team. He's going to have to win big. I mean, listen, he's going to have to win, and he's going to have to win big. Yeah. He's going to have to beat that Warrior team. And I can't stand that Warrior team, by the way. Can't stand Kevin him. Durant got oh, trying to have his fifth game last night. He's a little baby. Uh-huh. I mean, anybody who likes green, I establish what your priority. I want to know what your priorities are. I mean, what's the <laughs> like about the guy? Um, everyone on the team, they bellyache. They bitch and moan. The coach bitches and moans. Can't stand them. They're great, but I can't stand them. They are. But and they, I would root like crazy against them. But you know what? The, the league needs a team like that. Uh, How about that? Look at this kid, Brandon Drury. That was a great pickup. That's a beautiful, I mean, that is beautiful hitting right there for our international audience. You just had a guy take a fastball, go the other way with authority and hit a rope. Ah, I love that the Yankees are back. And it's funny that our next name on our list for doppelgangers, who is the Aaron Judge of the soccer world? So this is... is this was the toughest one. Yeah, for me so, to come up because with. it's hard to find a guy playing soccer who's what, like six seven and two eighty. Yeah. Well, it who's doesn't, need, doesn't like need to that. Be that but no, needs, but that sort of persona. Yeah. So who is a larger than life so, figure on the field and is now a phenom? That's right. That's what you can call him. He's a phenom force. So in I'm Major going with Kylian Mbappe. Okay. So you know I who, I don't even know. Who you don't know who that is. I have no idea. So no idea. He's a French youngster, very young French guy. He brought Monaco, which is not a big team, to the semifinals of the Champions League last year. They beat, uh, they lost to Juventus in the semifinals last year. And this year he moved to PSG. But okay. he's one of the best players in the world, one of the best young players in the world. He's going to be at the World Cup with France. So that's the comparison because someone who kind of just burst onto the scene and took over one of the major competitions, similar to what Judge did last year with the with Yankees. With the Yankees, okay. Okay, and follow-up question to you. Sophomore slump for Judge? I mean, listen, he's not going to have as good a year statistically. 52 home runs I mean, is a lot of home runs. If he has <laughs> another year like that again, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I think he'll be good. I think the fact that Stanton is here is only going to help him. You know, you know what I like? 
most of all is how many pitches he sees, how many walks he has. That helps. I mean, I know he strikes out a ton. That's going to continue least to be the case. Seeing the pitches, uh, working counts, getting the getting deeper into games with uh, rather getting pitchers out of the games uh, quicker. It, it all adds up and helps with him. Uh, and you also have a guy who's six seven, built the same way you are. So if you're being pitched to a certain it's way, you be say, "Hey, Giancarlo, yeah. try this." How they? What are you doing here? Yeah. What's working? What's not? I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I think we'll have a good year. Maybe not as good, but a good year. Let's let's uh, stay on the Yankees. Okay. Um, who is the Jacoby Ellsbury? Which means a guy that never plays. Exactly. Is has been. You know, maybe right. it was good five years ago. Who is ta- who is taking money? Uh, from the, from a team well, and is uh, not delivering on his performance. So that doesn't really happen too much in soccer where someone's just getting paid to not. So listen, you play like crap, you're getting cut. Is well, that how it works? They'll sell you to uh, to a lesser team. Okay. So they'll get rid of you. What with division, whatnot, yeah, etc. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they they won't keep you around. Um, and it kind of works for both because the player doesn't want to play on a team that he's never going to get any playing time. See, the Yankees so he'll agree to, to do that. Move. Yankees wanted to do that. It would have right. been nice. But I mean, he didn't agree to it. Ellsbury has a no trade clause, which is a no, is there a no trade clause in the soccer world? There isn't, but you're because there's no trades. You have to buy yeah, players. Obviously, yeah. So there is nothing like that. But contracts so like are no generally clause? the longest contracts are five years. They're usually three to five years. So they're I'd short, like to see that in American term, sports with yeah. some guys, right? Well, you, you're seeing Major League Baseball move more towards that model now. You just had this previous offseason right. where they weren't willing to, to give out long contracts. And in the battle between the labor union, the, the Major League Baseball labor union, and the owners, the owners are winning right now. Uh, they've really they stifled the market so much so that the Mets became uh, became players this offseason. Yeah. Um, it was a great offseason. And there for was Mets. and there was there was not a lot of money that was given out. Um, and you know obviously it's because they don't want to have long contracts and also because they don't want to give up draft picks. Yeah. So so the player that would match with Ellsbury is American born Giuseppe Rossi. I like that. That's okay. a good one. He's, so I know who that is. I don't. Okay. Okay. He's so an he, Italian. No wonder why you know who it is. But he's American. He's born so he, in New Jersey. But he oh, cho- is he a Jersey guy? Yeah. But he chose to play for Italy over the United States. Uh, I don't like that. In what, what year? Listen, was I'm all he you know. Played for the I'm United all for that Italia here, gentlemen. But come on, is that is that how you say it? That's it. I got it right. All right, there we go. But I mean. To me, you're born here. It's like you got to play. It's the same thing with these guys who are Americans. They go play for the Dominican Republic. Like, you know, you're an American, right? I mean, like, I'll ask you guys. If you guys were in that position, I know you guys are both very loyal to the Italian flag, but you had a chance to, let's say, play baseball, soccer, whatever. Where are you playing? Well, America, yeah. yeah. It's your country. In, in, now listen, if I couldn't play for America, then eh, screw it. I'll go play for Italy. Play well, also, the interesting thing about this player... Um, was that in the situation that he was in, he was going to be not a savior, but he was going to be the star yeah. of American soccer. So picture this. He could have been, in 06, he would have been on the United States World Cup team at 18 years old. And he never made it to a World Cup because he chose to play for Italy. Italy never called him up for a World Cup, so now he's never even played in one. Meanwhile, he would have been in three Multiple World Cups with America. He could have been yeah. one of the most decorated... American soccer players of all time, but yeah. instead he decided to try to win a World Cup, um, and he was never actually called up. He never was, no. And um, obviously the injury history is what also makes him like Ellsbury. You know, he's just always never hurt, healthy. Never healthy. So I was mentioning this to, to Claudio before. 
Um, isn't it funny that now with Aaron Hicks getting injured, Jacoby Ellsbury is nowhere to be found. This would be a perfect time say, for him to, to... And you know what's going to happen here? If this kid McKinney ends up being good, why, why are you rushing Ellsbury to get back in the lineup? Frazier comes, comes back. back in his healthy. Now, he's another guy that's got it. Obliques are always tricky, guys. Uh, yeah. Very, very... Especially for a baseball player. With all the torque that you're putting into your swing. I mean, that's like right down here. Dangerous stuff. Absolutely. All right, let's keep moving on. We have two more. Um, this was an interesting one. Damian Lillard. And the reason why we put Damian Lillard on the list is a elite basketball player who doesn't seem like he's going to go anywhere. Is very loyal to the and kind of a breakout star. Exactly. The Portland because he has community. really turned into a star. Very, very good. Yeah, he's so, one of the best players in the league. Oh, so that's gone. Within the Portland, that's not good. <laughs> within the Portland community. So who is who is a loyal star um, that has really come into his own or had come into his own? So I'm. Going to go with Francesco Totti. Okay. Guy, great player, never left Roma. Probably could have went, he could have went to Real Madrid. They offered him contracts. Always turned them down. Could have went there, won a Champions League, won multiple La Liga titles. Um, but instead, he chose to stay with his uh, hometown club. And he only won one Italian championship there. But he got to win the World Cup with Italy. So that's probably the, that's the best comparison. Now, Damian Lillard. Do you ever see him leaving Portland? I mean, never say never with these NBA players. I mean, never say never. I mean, listen, you want to get paid, you want to get the contract, but if these guys are offered to go play on one of these super teams, a lot of times they don't shy away from that. Yeah, I think that the point of these mega max contracts is to entice them to stay uh, within their local markets, but I think the desire... And the money that they can get from advertising and shoe deals and everything like that um, kind of waters down the effect, the extra money that you're getting from from the teams for staying for a longer period. Correct. But you think about it, like New York and Los Angeles do not have the same appeal that maybe they did 20 or 30 years ago because these guys can get deals. Look at Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook is doing stuff with fashion. Yeah. He's got yeah. his own sneaker it deal. It doesn't matter He's anymore. playing in Oklahoma City, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma City. And he's banging a zillion dollars off that sort and of stuff. And why would you come play for the Knicks? I mean, oh, you'd be an idiot. There's, I mean, listen. There's no <laughs> I mean, sporting, you'd be an idiot. Yeah, there's no sporting reason to come play for the Knicks. No, so really isn't. If you take away the market. You want to talk about hopeless, by the way. Is that as hopeless as it gets? I mean... It's hopeless. Thank God we all root for the New York Yankees, though, so yeah. we have all a I super mean, team. The, a few weeks ago, I, I told Claudio, they had lost, the Knicks had lost, I think it was like 22 or 25 games. Yeah. But they didn't move up. In the lottery stand. In the lottery stand. Insanity. So, you know, the point that you were making, that it doesn't make sense to to be in the middle anymore. No, you it have doesn't. to be. Makes zero sense. In in all sports, though, now you're, you're seeing it in Major League Baseball, in the NFL. Uh, in NBA, um, when there's a draft, it doesn't make sense for you to be in the middle. You have to be the worst to get your to get as many lottery balls yeah. or to get the. Just first look pick. at the Jets. They won five games, and they had to trade away you know a million picks for the third pick when they could have got it by just losing a the few three, more games. Three, it's yeah. amazing how the Jets, even when they win, they lose. I mean, that's what happened last year. They won a couple Talk of about games. They should And they Jets go. are always right in the middle. Yeah, and now did you think they gave up too much for that? No, because you need to get a quarterback. Yeah. And now you're in a prime position to get a guy, especially when the Giants screw it up and they don't take a quarterback. Interesting, interesting. All right, last uh, soccer ganger. Uh, soccer ganger. That's, that's, 
That's really. I'm gonna say, to give say. the wife a lot of credit for that. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> something I would have come up with. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, this is a tough um, one. So, so obviously, Marshawn Lynch is the great running back. Used to be with the uh, the Seahawks. He was with the Buffalo Bills for a little bit. Um, now with the Oakland Raiders after a year long retirement. Um, the thing about Marshawn Lynch is that he's enigmatic and he's, he's a weird dude he's a, a character. you're trying to put it nicely he's a weird dude he's a, he's a character that is beloved by some and hated by others do we have someone like that in the uh, soccer world I'm trying to think there's there's one guy but he played for benevento so he's not very popular chicharetti he's a very weird guy well um, i mean everything that he does is actually very very funny marshawn lynch i don't know if you've ever seen the Conan O'Brien skits that he did, or he was on the show with uh, Bear Grylls, uh, the Survivor show. That was really, really funny. Yeah. So he's he's a funny, funny guy. Um, but again, like I said, he's very enigmatic. Yeah, and that, that would be the closest person, that Chicharetti guy from Benevento. But I can't think of a major name that, that would be kind of... All right, Weird. well, we can, we can move on on that. Again, uh, you're listening, and if you like what you're listening, please subscribe. It's and also hard because the body of an NFL running back doesn't really fit. Doesn't translate, <laughs> right? Right? It's it's a soccer doesn't right translate at all. So physically, is there, like, is there, who's the, who would you say is the most physical player in the soccer world? In terms of, like, size? And, yeah, like uh, that guy's just a beast. You you have some really tall forwards like Peter Crouch, uh, Emmanuel Adebayor. They're very very tall, like six seven, six eight mm. forwards. And the idea there is just to head the ball into the box, you know, cross, cross it into the box, and then they would head it home. So that's pretty much the strategy for those teams. But I always think about like LeBron playing soccer. Yeah, because he's just tall, Could you imagine? fast. Imagine him playing any sport. I know football, soccer. Really? Yeah. Could do whatever he wants. I mean, I would think. <laughs> right. All right. If you like, sure. like I said, if you if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Rate. You can find us on uh, iTunes, on Anchor, and at CloudSports.tk. Our Twitter handles at IdiotExpertPod. Um, we're joined by WFAN's John Jastrzemski. You could find him on Twitter at John underscore Jastrzemski. Uh, now, John is a Syracuse alumnus. As are you. As am I. Um, and they recently were knocked out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about, it, about the NCAA tournament. Um, I know you were very, very proud of the team. No question. And Did uh, they deserve to get in? Yeah. And they were right on the fence. I mean, listen, I say it every year with these bubble teams. You can make a case for half of them to get in. You can make a case for half of them that they don't belong. I mean, I thought Syracuse two years ago was more worthy. Just by the eye test, mm-hmm. this year their computer numbers and the RPI and the metrics were a lot better, and that's what they favor these days. So listen, by the metrics, I mean they made a very compelling case. They deserve to be in, and listen, they certainly got into the tournament yeah, and they, made the committee look they smart. They always do that. Yeah, you win yeah. a couple of games, you make them look a lot smart. And you know they played Duke very very tight. Um, it was a lot closer than I think people thought. Um, and the one thing you got to give Bayheim credit, and I have another point that we have to, we'll get into after this. But you have to give Bayheim credit is that zone is, you know, it's a difference maker when you get no into the tournament because uh, a lot of teams play man the entire year, and then you get thrown up against the zone, especially with their length. They seem like a longer team than usual for Bayheim, uh, especially with the big guy in the middle. They they had a, a lot of length this year, um, and you know. It keeps you in games. That's the mo- that's the biggest thing about the zone. It will yeah, keep you keep in games. games, and all you have to do is 
hit a big shot at the end of the game or have a good uh, a good stretch, and you'll you'll be in the game. And that's all that Beheim can ask with, with that zone. Well, and you recruit certain players to play it. See, people ask, oh, why can't any coach in any program in any you know part of the country try and run that two three? Because they look to get certain guys that are playing at the top of the zone at a six four and six five. Yeah. I mean, that makes a big difference when yeah. you have that sort of length. And, yeah, their defense was terrific. I didn't think they were a great offensive team, but that's what brought them home. Yeah. I mean, case closed, that's what brought them home. Before we get into the Final Four, this is a conversation that I think J.J. and I have been having for about maybe 10 years, maybe six years, something like that. Um, J.J. loves Jim Beheim. Big thinks, fan. Thinks he's one of the best coaches. I still maintain that John Calipari is the best coach in college basketball. You think he's better than Coach K? Uh, better than Coach K? I can't yes. say he's better than Coach yes. K. I, I, listen, obviously the track record is a little bit smaller. Um, he hasn't had the success. But look at the talent that he's churned out. Um, and also, every year he wins 30 games, makes the tor- makes the NCAA tournament, um, seems to be going deeper and deeper into the tournament. Duke has... Basically, this is the thing about Coach K, and this is the difference. Coach K adopted Calipari's philosophy. And I that, agree with and that. And that has one elongate, elongated his career. Because if he didn't adopt that philosophy and he stayed with the trying to recruit players that were going to stay for four years, he would be out of college basketball. Right? Well, oh, his teams Carolina would be good. It. They would be good every three or four years. Um he tries to have that mix where he has a guy like an Allen who stays a couple of years. Yeah. He'll have another guy who stays a couple of years. And then he's got a bunch of one-and-done type talents. Yeah. Listen, Coach K's done it for a longer period of time. He's won a lot more titles. I yeah, mean, no, John Calipari's only won the one title. I know. Listen, do I think Calipari's one of the best coaches? Yeah, without question. And you have to give him credit for the coaching job that he does because he takes 18, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids every year. They, they started five freshmen again this year. And they got... With Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Yeah, I Sweet mean, 16. every year it's the formula. But the one thing about, you know, the one-and-done player in this era of college basketball, you want to win titles, you want guys with experience. I mean, look at the four teams playing in the Final Four, right? You got Villanova, you got Michigan, you got Kansas, and Loyola, Chicago. I would say 70 80% of their starting lineups are all guys who've been there a couple of years. Who do you like in both games? Um, I think both games are very tough to predict. Now, I have been riding the Sister Jean train throughout. They've been very good to me. They yeah. have made me a lot of money. So <laughs> I feel obligated to pick Loyola yeah, Chicago. A little divine intervention. Why not? And you know what? For a Cinderella team, they play very, very well. The off-the-ball off uh, movement. Um, the two guards, they could get to the bat. They're very quick. They play good. And their defense, defense is terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I think they can beat Michigan. And here's one thing to watch in the game. Michigan getting a week of adjustments with B-line. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the country. But at the end of these games, they're getting a foul shot. I mean, yeah. if you're in a tight game, and this is a four-point Michigan lead, they tried to give Florida State the game last Saturday, and they couldn't capitalize from the charity strike. You did that against Loyola. Loyola's going to burn you. Um, I think they definitely covered a number, and why not? I'm going to say Loyola Chicago is playing on Monday night. Wow, against who? Villanova. Villanova. Yeah, and I, I think that's say, the best listen, team in the country. I agree with you. I think when you have the National Player of the Year in Brunson, you have Bridges, who has gotten better and better, and he's going to be an NBA lottery pick. Mm. you got all that three-point shooting. They shot the ball terribly that last game. You're telling me they're going to shoot the ball like that again? I don't see it. Now, Kansas, I'll be fair. They're better than I thought they were. 
Yeah. I thought there were a couple of different points in this tournament that could have got knocked off. They have the veteran guards. They can shoot the ball from the outside. Um, I think it's a tight game. I think both games are going to be very good. But I got Villanova, Loyola, Chicago Monday night in the national title game. That? What a title game, right? Unbelievable. And Villanova now is in the role where they are very much the favorite. Yeah, no, they, they very much yeah. so. I mean, they're going to be expected to win that game. All right, Claudio, what are your thoughts? Same, Loy- uh, Loyola and Villanova. I don't really love Michigan too much, so I think it'll be a close game, and I think Loyola will pull it out. And then Villanova, I like their experience. I like Jay Wright. He's just been there. He's done it. So Really, I mean, you want to talk about great college basketball coaches. You have to, yeah, the Congress, you have, to have Jay, Jay no, Wright in the think about, think about how Villanova, you know, they were good in the late 2000s in the mm-hmm. old Big East. Yeah. Since conference realignment has happened, I mean, Villanova has taken their program to Next another level. level. Next level. They are Absolutely. now in that con- – I mean, they're in the Final Four two of the last three years. Yeah. You talk about Cal Perry. I mean, Jay Wright at Villanova, yeah. they're winning 30 games every year. Absolutely, yeah. No, Jay Wright is definitely in the conversation. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up on MLB season. Uh, the MLB season, which started yesterday. Um, we did some over-unders. Uh, do you have? We'll give you our over unders. You tell us what you think of those. All right, let me hear them. All right, so I had the uh, Phillies over. Was it seventy five and a as half? The, as did I, by the way. You you yeah, had the I Phillies that as well. too. Not a good start, by the way, when they have a five nothing lead. Why did they take have, the guy out after sixty three pitches? I, I think it's more or less this modern day baseball. They want guys going a certain amount of innings, but yeah, it's an he's easy winning first five guess. nothing. You take him out of the game with sixty three pitches. Easy like, first guess. Listen, no argument. Um, and then I had the under Royals for... Uh, I like that. The Yeah, I, I like that. That's... I, I just figured you can't be a good uh, omen when your starting catcher hurts his MCL. Goes down four to six with, weeks. With luggage. Um, Why do you think they added the carrying luggage thing? I so think like, to just that prove really, that it wasn't... <laughs> did that impact the fall? <laughs> Maybe. Or is that Can just like I was carrying That's the sort of injury that you expect to happen in the Mets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the Mets have had that. that sort of bad luck where guys yeah. have gone down with injuries and whatnot. Yeah. And I had the over of the Yankees. As do I. Now, 94 and a half is a lot of wins. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of wins. I agree with you. I think they will. Good. I think they will go over. Rotation's better than people think. Yeah. Bullpen is best in baseball. Exactly. Lineup is going to pound terrible pitching. I mean, yeah. when you draw a fourth or a fifth starter against this team, they're going to match. And you're also in a division against the Rays, against the Orioles. It looks like the Blue Jays are nothing Could special. Could go either way. Listen, I think the Yankees and the Red Sox, by far and away the two best teams... I would not be surprised if either Baltimore or Toronto was competitive, but I think there are two teams that if it goes one way or the other, you're not shocked, right? Mm, like if either one of those teams yeah. is selling guys in the middle of the year, you're going to be like, okay, that makes sense. If one of them is in the mix and they're contending, I think you're also going to say, all right, not shocked. Yeah. Claudia, you had... I had the Astros under 96 and a half. I like that. Um, I think any time you come... And not only that... Anytime you come off a year when you win a World Series, yep, you wonder about what the approach is. Now, I've heard mixed feelings. Some say that they've had you know, a no-nonsense type camp, like they lost the World Series last year. Um, I've also heard that they've had a camp in which you know, they realize you know, the star power that they have. So let's see how they get out of the gate. Yeah. Um, they get out of the gate 20-6. and six, You're not going to be feeling good about that under. No, I'm not. Um, But I do question the motivation of 162 
long season. Yeah. I think they win the division. I think they're like a 94, 95. Right. If they pull away, then they're not going to be as motivated to win games later in the year. Correct. So. Yeah. And you had the under Padres, 69 and a half. I got to be honest, and I know the division's tough. I kind of think the Padres are going to be a lot better. Well, he has one, re- one particular reason why. What is that? Chase Headley. Ah, that's the, a minus five. The for former, me. the former Yankee great who had that nice pinch hit uh, double. Or do you remember the awkward slide when he yeah. falls down? And I'm like yelling and cursing. That his first game. He had a, he had a walk off home run, single. Uh, in Texas, single. I, remember yeah. I remember that. I remember take. that. Chase yes. Headley wasn't a terrible Yankee. He got better in the second. He half. was very. He, wasn't he was just very mad. I mean, that's yeah. just the best way to put it. He but wasn't terrible. Worse. Well, they definitely have been worse. Um, not terrible, not great. Yeah. And then Claudio had um, took low hanging fruit, took the Mets over eighty. Eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah. Listen, I hope that is wrong. By the way, disclosure. <laughs> but I mean, listen, I think the Mets with those two pitches top of the rotation, um, yeah. you gotta figure they get a little bit better health and luck with some of the. Injuries, I said wait right? three months when Seth Lugo's your ace, and, and then <laughs> well, we'll I mean, then, well then that over goes right down the, the toilet, right yeah. down the drain, and forget about it. All right, we'll end on this, and again, we want to Well, thank- wait, first, I have to ask you about Sterling's uh, John Carlos Stanton. That was a good one. I was going to yeah. say, he should be hanging out with you guys and yeah, working on his Italian exactly. a little bit, right? <laughs> I mean, Italian it was not great, podcast. but we've seen with John in the past that he has altered calls yeah. when but, he doesn't love them. But I will tell you this I don't think he doesn't love it. I think the, the audience, the audience doesn't yeah, love it, and I, that's going to make him want to keep it even more. Possibly. I think he actually came out today and said that he's going to stick with it. For he's a sticking bit. with it. Right. He, he likes it. Ah. He likes it. Now, in Italian, what this is our our conversation yesterday. Yeah. What was he trying to say? So he was saying "non si può stopparlo," which means you can't stop him. Can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. So Giancarlo can't be stopped. But it rhymed, obviously. Yeah, Giancarlo. I don't mind that. It's just the, the whole idea of Sterling trying to do Italian is the problem. Yeah, that's I true. mean, that's more the issue. If it was you saying that, I'd say, all right, we can understand it. <laughs> With John, I mean, I have no idea. Maybe if he retires one day. Maybe know, one day. Never know. Maybe one day. <laughs> Never know. All right, we're going to get JJ out on this um, NFL draft quickly. Give us Jets. Give us Giants. Give us Dolphins. Who are they taking? All right. Um, and a lot of Giant fans are going to like to hear this right now. I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I agree. If they take Barkley, Barkley. I don't think that's the, the worst thing. See, if I'm them, though... You got a chance to get your next quarterback for the next. Decade. I agree. I agree. A running with you. back at two. I mean, you could find so many good running backs late in the but draft. Everything that I'm reading and hearing, he's stuck. He's Leonard Fournette, even better. I get that, but let me ask you this: If you're Jacksonville, and you're coming off a great year, you made it to the championship game. If you could have done it over again, Deshaun Watson or Leonard Fournette, That's you could have had either one. Yeah. So my point is, if one of these you quarterbacks know ends I mean, up being the goods. You're going to be saying for years we could have, but I'm not. I'm not as down on Blake Bortles as a lot of people are. See, I am. I think he stinks. Really? Oh, I think he's terrible. I thought he had a he had a good first half. He played well against the Steelers. Yeah. First half against New England was okay, but that second half he looked like a player with limited skill. That was my feeling, and not only that, you go and watch him against Buffalo. That game, and yeah. listen, this comes from somebody who had money on. Jacksonville on the money line. <laughs> I could not believe how bad that was. I mean, I didn't feel like I was watching a professional play. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, listen, the Jaguars are like you. They believe that he could play. So they yeah, might be right. I, I don't think he's. I think terrible. the sample size is too big now. I mean, you know what he is. It's, he's, I don't think. I he's think he will bigger. come. They will have another good year. But watch him come back to bite him against yeah. another team, whether it's New England. Listen, he's not. 
He's not. Is he a Aaron Rodgers? No, but is he a top not... twenty quarterback in the league? Oof. I don't think that he is. So, like to me, if that's if you're not you a know top what? twenty he's, quarterback, he's, you gotta get better. He's mobile. He can move around a little bit. I'll give him that. Um, I he's kind of like Alex Smith. But Alex Smith doesn't. But he turns make the ball over yeah, too yeah, much. I, See, that's I, the problem. Alex Smith, people not the guy. Right now, and Giant fans aren't gonna like to hear this. Alex Smith is a better quarterback in the NFC East than Eli Manning. Right really? now, really. I mean, no, no, no. Not I like Al- I like Alex Smith. Not for his career. Yeah, this right season. now, I went into the season. 2018. Yeah. If I could have one of those guys leading my team, I'm going with the player who's been better over the last three years. Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith. He won't lose you football. He's solid. And that's that's something... So you know, are you okay with the Redskins letting Cousins go? No, I because Cousins has a higher ceiling, and he's your guy. But to why me, would they let him go? That's what I don't know. Well, get. because they totally misread the market. They let it get to a point where he was on the verge of testing the waters. And once you dangle that carrot of free agency... You have to let him go. I mean, guy got $90 million guaranteed. Yeah. Teams are desperate. And Minnesota... You, you make that move any day because your team is ready to win. You're not keeping that core together for five or six years. doesn't work that way in the NFL. You keep it for three years. You give it a shot. Try and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm with it. Um, let's move to the Jets. So we agree. Barkley to the Giants at tell. I agree. I think I it's going to Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, I, think it's ba- I think it's Barkley or it's a trade down. I do not think yeah. they're taking a quarterback. I think they should. And I'm going to kill him for Do you think they're going to trade Odell Beckham? I think at some point it could happen. I do not think it happens. See this if year. they if they do if they do make the trade for Odell Beckham, then I think that changes things a little bit. Now you're now you're and this is to Claudio's point. Now you're saying we're in rebuild mode. Now you're going to take your franchise quarterback and you're going to have more draft. Well, and you picks. also have another first round pick. Yeah, you have but that's the pick. problem with trading Beckham right now. People don't understand. This is a guy who's coming off an injury. This is a guy who's already been on record of saying I want to be the highest paid player, not just receiver, player yeah. in football. I'm giving you multiple first-round picks? Get the hell out of here. No way. I'm not. Not if yeah. I'm on a team. Yeah, all right. That's so, why I don't think he'll hold out for the whole year either. And that's why I think they also are going to try to make this push with Eli to get get talent around him. They they signed the Patriots lineman. They, they sold signed, her. Watch. They they think that they can be on the same level as Philadelphia next year. If they think that's the case, they are good. gravely mistaken. Right. And what does that get you? You have a chance. Even if you're close to Philadelphia, you're not picking second in the draft for a long no time. Way. So yeah. you have this opportunity Stuck now to take someone. I agree, Claudio. I, I mean, totally if, agree. If I, if I were them, I think Darnold is going to go first. Um, I would take Rosen. I would take Josh Allen. And you were telling me you like Mayfield the most. And I love Mayfield, by the way. Yeah. I'm all in on Mayfield. I just know what the Giants look for in a quarterback. And the idea of them going with an undersized guy. They're not going to go for A guy's got all that cockiness to him. It's not their way. But I'm telling you, Mayfield's going to be good. You watch. So Mayfield, you're a lot higher on Mayfield than, than I think I am. I yeah, Claudio, I Claudio's pretty high on him. I don't like Darnold. You don't like Darnold. We See, like I like Darnold. I think, I think Listen, Darnold is the best. Listen, if you tell me... Donald, Rosen, Mayfield. I end up with any of those guys, I'm happy. The guy I'm not sold on is Allen because of accuracy. Okay. I hear accuracy concerns. That scares me. Because you can't teach that. Yeah. Guys either have it or they don't. You know what I mean? Like So so if you're the Jets, you're taking Rosen. Yes. Third. I am. Claudio wants Josh oh Baker Mayfield if available. Yep. 
Um, and I would. I don't think Darnold is going to make it to the no third chance. pick. Uh, so I'm going to say Josh Allen for that. All right, so we got all three different quarterbacks. Yeah, here. and yeah. who do you want for your team? Well, that's easy. Baker Mayfield. So you want Baker Mayfield. Oh, I love it. I mean, listen, I know Adam Gaze has a love affair with the guy. Um, and listen, Ryan Tannehill is a average middle-of-the-road quarterback. Oh, let's, let's, I just want to back it up for a second. Yeah. You used to drink the Ryan Tannehill Kool-Aid. Yeah, I did. Lot. I mean, you listen, really he liked a, Ryan Tannehill. He's a, young, he's a young quarterback, and he showed signs that he could be very good, and he even did in 2016. But let me put it this way. I've seen enough film of him now. I've seen enough games where, to me, you know what he is? He's Alex Smith. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Because if he has an Alex Smith-like career... Solid, but I want to see a championship at some point in my life. And to be honest, you have a quarterback like that, and Alex Smith, the Ryan Tannehill, everything else has got to be great. Yeah, not good. It has to be like the Eagles. Great. Yeah, you know, with Foles. Um, and the Dolphins don't have that. Right. So to me, you got a chance to get the quarterback, and he's there. I yeah. do it. The problem for the Dolphins, if the Giants end up taking a quarterback, they're not getting a quarterback. Because they're not going to take their entire draft and move up to like five. Because the Bills are pretty active. The Bills, the Bills have two first-round picks, and that's why the Jets had to move up. Yeah, yeah, they had to. So the Jets are at three. We know the Browns are taking a guy at one. The Jets are going to take another guy at three. Yeah. So let's say, okay, those two teams take so quarterbacks. So at least two quarterbacks in the first three picks are gone. Guaranteed. Now the question remains, what is Denver going to do? They have Keenum. Are they taking a guy? Or are they going to say, all right, we're going to try and win with Case Keenum. We're going to take a Nelson. We're going to take somebody on the defense. That's kind of a question that could go either way. If the Broncos pass on a quarterback, I think it opens the door for both Miami and Buffalo or Arizona to jump up and get who they want. Mm. If Denver ends up taking Allen, Rosen, whoever is not there, then I don't think the Dolphins end up with a quarterback, and that's fine. If they don't, give me Rose Smith, Georgia linebacker, as a stud. All right. Well, we want to thank John Dostremski. It was a lot of fun, guys. Um, yeah, I want to thanks. do this again. Good. Well, you guys warm me up for my we, show now. We had our, fir- our first guest. Every and, Wednesday night, we're here. So and you know what? Whatever. I feel like he's going to be our only recurring guest. So I was going to say, I'll pop in. I'll get a little Ralph Sison. There we go. By the way. The Starbucks on Bradley and Victory is going to be pumped to listen to this. <laughs> oh, I hope they download it. Know where to find them. Two, two, two best celebs. customers. Two Come celebs. on. All right. Well, in the room. We want to thank everyone for joining us again for episode six of an Idiot Expert podcast. You could uh, follow us on Twitter at Idiot Expert Pod. Follow my co-host, Claudio Perfetto, at CPerfetto11. Follow me because I only have about 13 followers at CalChoJo5. 13? Five. to 13? I'm nice. getting up there. Yeah, we got to uh, get it to 20 by the yeah. end of the week, all right? <laughs> and uh, again, our guest, WFAN's John Dostremski. You can follow him at John underscore Dostremski. Uh, until next time, guys. Have a good one.